is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We're talking to OTAs here on Steelers Standard as the Steelers have gone through three of their scheduled 10 OTA practices already. Talked a lot about Ben Roethlisberger's participation in it, Najee Harris's participation in it, breaking in the new Canada offense in our earlier episodes. If you missed that, you can check that out at Steelers.com. But a couple big questions for the Steelers in this offseason has been the return of two players that were pretty gruesomely injured last year. Zach Banner, the right tackle, and inside linebacker Devin Bush. Both of them suffered ACL injuries. Banners suffered in week one against the Giants. A few weeks later, Bush suffered his against the Cleveland Browns. They were out for the season. Obviously, a torn ACL is going to do that for you. And, (laughs) you know, with a torn ACL, it's kind of always a question mark as to when they will be healthy enough to return to action. It's not as cut and dry as, okay, you're out for the year. We'll see you next year. It can bleed into that next year. It can be more than a 12-month recovery time. But the good news for Steelers Nation, both Banner and Bush seem to be on the correct timetable to get them in the lineup for training camp and week one. And in fact, they're both doing so well. Banner and Bush were both members participating at OTAs just the other day. And went through some drills with the offense, the defense, the uh, you know reps as far as trying to implement the game plan on both sides of that ball as early as possible. But they're out there in game simulated action, and that's great news as far as Steelers mm-hmm. Nation is concerned because you don't really need them to be back yet. You know, as long as they're re- able to participate in training camp, you're good. But the fact that it's May and they're participating is, mm-hmm. is just gravy. I mean, even if I, I don't know the full details, but even if it's somewhat of a limited capacity, that's great too. You know, I mean, you're only in May, um, and these guys are out there. Um, and I mean, obviously, I think Bush is the more the more important piece. Obviously, I think anybody would would agree to that. But at the same time, it's it's important for Banner too. It's important for him to get healthy. I mean, we didn't. I mean, I know he won the starting job, but we really don't know what Zach Banner is. You know, I mean, he uh, of course he was the the tackle eligible guy and 72 is eligible and everybody remembers that. And he was fine at being that guy. Um, but what is he beyond that? We, you know, we don't know. And, and, you know, last year kind of robbed us of figuring out what Zach Banner is. And it, it kind of stinks because that's pushed down another year now. You know, was it, you know, I don't know what Zach Banner is. None of us know what Zach Banner is, but it is important that these guys are there. It's important that, you know, they're at least doing something with the team. And again, we keep saying this and I keep saying this. I know our job is to make OTAs look interesting and sound interesting, but not that much happens. You know what I mean? There's no contact. And especially if you're a lineman, if you're Zach Banner, I mean, you know, you're just practicing footwork for the most part, you know what I mean? Or hitting a bag, you know, there's really not that much to, go off of it's definitely a positive like you said tom that they're participating after having you know knee injuries and acls aren't you know i mean i guess modern medicine now it's a lot easier to come back from than it was i don't know 10 15 years ago even longer but um it's still a tough injury to come back from and i mean it's a good thing that those guys are out there but again i mean they're not doing that much but it is important like i said that they're out there and again i just i just worry about banner just because of the fact that we don't know what Zach Banner is. You know, I, I, nobody does. And he doesn't have the pedigree of Devin Bush. No, no, no certainly not. No, right. not at all. 
Bush, I'm not worried about. We you know, know what I mean? We don't know about Bush, but yeah, he's got first ground pedigree. Right. I mean, I, pick, I, so. I mean, we're not worried about Bush in terms of what, what he's capable right. of. Right. I mean, I am coming off of the injury. Yeah, yeah, that's scary because I think, Tom, you said last episode when we were going through PFF's rankings, Devin Bush was a little low on that list probably because of his injury. And you were saying how would it have been better if he had had the injury his rookie season so that he could just come in and really have his rookie season as his sophomore year and just kind of go from there. But unfortunately, he came in this weird time where he already had a year under his belt, but that was it, just one year. Hopefully that we can see what we can see out of Devin Bush upon his return is what we got out of him in his rookie year, which was a speedy linebacker, which is what the Steelers wanted from him as a kind of Ryan Chazier 2.0. And with an ACL, MCL injury like this, it's hard to kind of immediately, or not even immediately, but really get back into that speed because you have to be putting or exerting so much force onto your legs. I'm hoping that everything will be okay. And as Callan said, modern medicine has advanced so far these last couple of decades that hopefully that the resources he has available to him should let him return to form. But it's a tough injury to come back from. Not everyone can do it. Starting with Zach Banner, here's what he had to say on a Zoom call with the media after uh, yesterday's, Thursday's uh, OTA workouts. Coach Tomlin has asked me to step up my game in all facets of my career on and off the field. I'm like a dog on a leash right now. They keep pulling back and pulling back. And one thing you're not going to have to tell me is to give effort and be there. Taking part in OTAs is not only for those other guys on the offensive line and to be around the team. It's to get the visual reps for myself because I'm not perfect and we all need to get better every single day. He went on to talk about how it's helping him work through his rehab as well. But he also said that the pulling on the leash kind of bugs him because he thinks he feels good. He feels great. Listen, Banner, we're just trying to keep you healthy for the regular season, pal. But it's great that you feel healthy. It's great that you feel like you can be a full participant. We don't need you to be a full participant in OTAs. What we need you to be a full participant is late July training camp, St. Vincent's. And it looks like he's on track for that. But uh, Mike Tomlin calling him out. Asking him to his face, I need you to step up your game in all facets of your career, not just on the field, but I think it's important that Tomlin also said off the field. Maybe that's a little bit of a narrative that they're going to start to try to drill into these players is that it's not just about stepping up on the field and being a Steeler on the field. We need to start exercising that Steeler way, that Steeler mm-hmm. mentality off the field as well. So maybe that's a little bit of an offhanded comment. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but... I just think it's interesting to hear Tomlin say to him, hey, I don't only need you to step up on the field when we clearly do, and that's clearly most important, but he also said off the field, I want you to improve your game. And it's to Banner, right? That he's to Banner, yeah, yes. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to that um, because it, we've seen that Banner you know, likes to be on social media, and, and he, he, not that he is the same sort of thing – um, that Juju does or, or anything like that, because it's it's not. But he, you know, he likes to talk, and we've seen him even have the Twitter feud with Mark Madden, you sure. know, for a little while. Um, in the beginning of the year, I think it was last year. And not to say that that's a distraction or that's the same thing that Juju does with the TikToks on the field. It's not. But I, I you know, Tom, I think that's an interesting point. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe Tomlin's saying, look, you know, let let's 
you know, not that that is a distraction, but maybe it's something that they just don't want to deal with again. You know what I mean? Any sort of off the field distraction. And again, I'm not saying that it's the same thing as what Juju did or that it is a distraction. They're allowed to have lives. They're allowed to have Twitters. They're allowed, you know what I mean? They're allowed mm-hmm. to do the same things that you and I do. Don't get me wrong here. But I do think that it's interesting that Tomlin brought that up and he said that to him, you know, and again, not to say that Banner is a bad dude on social media or anything like that, but you know, there's gotta be something to that, you know, and, and that's kind of the only parallel that I can draw to, you know, one of the reasons that maybe he did is just, you know, Banner likes to talk on Twitter and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that's probably what Tomlin was alluding to. Yeah, and it's no secret that Banner, compared to other guys such as former Steelers lineman Alejandro Villanueva and current lineman David DeCastro, who are much much more soft-spoken, Banner is the vocal guy. And with Marquise Pouncey kind of off of off the roster here, it's in question who's going to be that other offensive captain. Now, I know there are just four, and at least one has to come from each unit, but it's been, for the past couple of years, it's been Ben and Pouncey as those captains. Now, captain may be an inflated title to have, but still, Pouncey was this locker room presence. And with the overall offensive line being so young, being so inexperienced, it's really just DeCastro who's there as the veteran. But DeCastro is more of a lead-by-example kind of guy, and he's not going to be the one to take charge and say, hey, guys, let's put our heads down, let's get to work, let's let's help out Ben as much as we can. I think it's going to be Banner, and I think when Tomlin went to him and, and had that conversation with him, I think Tomlin went to him knowing that Banner is probably going to be the vocal leader of this group, and we can't afford to lose him again. And it's gr- it's great to see him out there, as we said. It's really good to see him back getting some football snaps in there. But again, we don't want to exert him too much. You got to just, you got to ease this process. It's a process. I mean, you can't rush it. You can't force things if, and I'm not saying he is, but you want to make sure he, he's ready to go week one and that come week one, he's not going to have another setback. But I think Tomlin kind of recognized, and this is just, Another huge credit to Thomas' coaching ability and his his whole ability to kind of recognize important people on his roster is that I know DeCastro's been here longest, but I think it's going to be Banner who's the guy that kind of leads this unit. And I think Thomas did a great thing by kind of having that conversation with him about protecting him and kind of understanding the value in Banner. Yeah, and... Tomlin isn't an idiot. Right. He knows that the weakest spot on that offensive line is his tackle. Is the tackle. And I sure. think that's even after you're probably projecting to have a rookie start at center in between Dotson and DeCastro, who are going to hold down the guard spots. But he knows that if this line is going to be even league average, he has to get play from Banner. He has to get play from Chooks that are above the line from what they've been shown to do in their careers prior to this opportunity. Uh, it's important to remember, too, in all of this, Banner was a starter last year. This mm-hmm. isn't a guy who's coming in off the bench like Chooks and is now being thrust into a starter role. Banner was a starting tackle in the NFL last year. He earned that job out of training camp. He was going to be the guy come week one against the Giants, and it just so happened that week one against the Giants, he also got injured for the entire season. So 
the expectation I think from Mike Tomlin out of Banner is going to be a little bit higher than I think the expectations of Tomlin out of Chooks because feels like with Chooks it's kind of like uh okay well we don't really have any other choice here so let's put Chooks in he's the best thing that we have still available when it comes to Banner though I think Tomlin thinks okay I've got a returning starter on this line it's him and it's Dave DeCastro. Those are really the only two returning starters that I have. And he's going to put a lot on that. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear also that this coaching staff thinks that they have a diamond in the rough in Zach Banner. They think that they have a guy that was kind of out of shape at the beginning of his career, could never find any traction, uh, was cut from the Cleveland Browns, couldn't find himself a home in the NFL really revamped his body, got in a lot better shape, uh, and found a great spot in Pittsburgh a couple years back where he really became a little bit of a folk hero among the fan base, and he was a very good contributor as far as an extra offensive lineman was concerned. But they just – I think they have a lot of faith in Zach Banner. I think that they are extremely high on him, and I think that they are expecting to get a lot out of Banner this year. And Tomlin's saying he – asking him to step up his game in all facets. I mean, you don't ask that of somebody unless you think that they can go out and achieve that. So a lot of expectations on Banner's plate. No doubt. And I think it's a fair amount of expectation on Banner's plate. And again, if Banner plays well, even just a little bit above average, I think the line is a lot better than people think. It's right. Gonna, I think it's going to be right now. No, I hear you. And I agree. And, and this is a kind of a, a big year for Banner. And again, I mean, that goes to the point that there's a lot of pressure on him. And it's kind of a lot to ask from, for him. We don't know all that much about Zach Banner. And he is 27 years old. That's not old by NFL standards. But, you know, it's kind of weird that you don't. I mean, I know last year it, it, it robbed us of really knowing because of the injury. And he missed a whole year of football. But he is 27, and we still don't know what he is, you know. And, and at the end of this year, he'll be 28. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I guess he, he turns 28 on Christmas. So he'll be 28 years old during the season this year, and we don't know what he is. You know, if he turns out to – if he doesn't play well, I mean, it could be um, – I'm not saying that it will be, but it could be the end of him as a Steeler. You know, if he doesn't turn out well this year, I mean, you're 28 years old and, you know, you haven't really figured it out. But, Tom, to your point, if Banner does play well this year, um, and, again, if he's just above average, hell, if even if he is average, that makes mm. the offensive line a lot better because I think he's better than what they had last season, and that's not a slight on on Chooks or, or anything like that. But, again, I mean, if he comes in, it will make, you know, I don't think very many people are very high on the offensive line no. right now. And if Banner can kind of add to that and supplement that a little bit, Again, and I don't think many people are expecting much from Zach Banner to be some, you know, I'm not saying he's a pro bowler by any stretch, but I don't think people are expecting him to even be better than average. I think the ceiling is significantly higher on Banner than it is on Chooks. I think the potential for Banner is much more promising than the potential for Chooks. However, Kellen, I know when you said, and I know that we've all said that the offensive line right now is is the weakest link of in terms of units as a whole. But I, I tend to look at it from a different perspective. I look at it I look at David DeCastro and I say to myself, this is a guy who is clearly disturbed by what happened last year with COVID and how that affected the season overall, not just him personally, but everything else surrounding. I think with with things kind of returning to normalcy, I think you'll see a return 
to form of David DeCastro. I don't think he's washed up. I don't think when you're at an all-pro level like he was and you kind of fell as far as he did last year, it wasn't just for no good reason. It wasn't just because he lost it. I think there were some some determining factors in his play last year that he was he couldn't control. And I think with things kind of returning to normalcy, you'll see him return to form this year. In Kendrick Green's case, I think that this is a promising rookie. This is a guy that the Steelers went after in a top three round to get to replace the guy, Marquise Pouncey, who had the starting position, who had the roster spot secured from a week after he was drafted way back in 2010 and had the job for 11 years. So I, I don't think that the Steelers took it lightly that they spent a, a draft pick on Kendrick Green so high and on a position that's so important and to replace a guy that was so valuable to the team of Marquise Pouncey. So I think Kendrick Green, I know people want to make the case for B.J. Finney because he's the veteran, he's worked with Ben before, but I do think that it's it's Kendrick, I think it's Kendrick Green's spot that he deserves it. And I think he, he is promised. I mean, you don't know because he's a rookie, but I think he is promised there. So that's two guys. And then I look at Kevin Dawson at the other guard position. And I say to myself, this is someone, again, who the Steelers took with a high draft pick last year, high-ish, yeah, and didn't didn't shy away from him. They didn't say, okay, you weren't a top one, two, or three round pick, but just because you were at the not even a seventh or sixth round pick, we're just going to throw you to the dump and say, you know, we drafted you just to see how it would work. I think the Kevin Dotson experiment kind of proved positive. I think that it didn't get a lot of screen time because of the Randy Fickner and his position and the calls that he was making didn't allow for Dotson to get the exposure that he deserved. But I think now with Matt Canada here, I think he will get the exposure he deserves. And I think from what we've seen last year, he seems like the guy that the Steelers wanted at that guard position opposite of David DeCastro. So that's three guys right there out of five that I've just listed that should be quality starters for this offensive line. And when you think about it, if you get three out of five, that's not horrible. Obviously, in an ideal world, you're going five for five. But with the, I would say with the combination of Dotson, or I'm sorry, of Banner and Chooks, you combine their talent. That's basically four out of five. I mean, I I wouldn't say individually that there are a secured roster spot, or there's a secured security blanket for protecting Banner, for protecting the run for Najee. But I think combined, you combine their talents, that's one whole piece right there. Now, obviously, you can't just say you line both of them up on one side but or at the same time. You know, you're, you get what I'm trying to say. They're, they're two pieces of a whole. They're not, they're not a whole piece on their own. But still, I think right there you say, okay, well, you really have three and a half. You want to say they're each a half, so you have four. Now you're looking at three and a half out of five, four out of five guys on your roster, on your offensive line that are quality, that can that can get the job done. And when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, even with the offensive line he had last year, it was still the best pass, pass protection unit in the NFL. And when you look at the run, obviously the run game wasn't as strong as it could be this year. And you look at Najee Harris, his ability to kind of create plays despite a collapsed pocket I think if you're looking at the offensive line now with three out of five guys as security blankets, as as locked-in starters, and if a flex fourth when you combine the two tackles, it's not I, – I, I, it could 
definitely be worse, but I don't think it's as bad maybe as as people really think it is. Switching over to the other guy that we talked about at the beginning of the episode coming back from an ACL injury, Devin Bush on the defensive side of the ball. Now, here's a guy whose ceiling is really, really high. Could be a superstar in this league if he can reach his full potential. Played really well his rookie season for a rookie. Uh, struggled at the start of his sophomore season, but was a starting to round into form, it seemed, right in that Week 5 Cleveland Browns game that he, of course, ends up tearing his ACL and missing the rest of the season for. But Bush was at OTAs. He was taking part in some light workouts, uh, some reps with the team. Again, the goal is for him to be completely 100% healthy and in the clear come St. Vincent's training camp later in July. And just like with Banner, if he is able to go through some drills here in OTAs in May, then use your head. Come end of July, right. two months from now, he will certainly be, if not at fully 100%, like 96% healthy and ready to be a full participant in training mm-hmm. camp. And Bush is so important to this defense this year. You saw how the run defense really took a hit last year when Devin Bush went down. I mean, they were one of the best running defenses in the entire NFL. Then, boom, Devin Bush goes down and takes a hit. Then later, boom, Bud Dupree goes down and takes an even more hit. But Devin Bush's speed is such a weapon on the defensive side of the ball. Not many linebackers are faster than him. In fact, not many running backs are faster than he is, which is what makes him so valuable in stopping the run and going from sideline to sideline and being able to erase big plays and make them only four or five yard plays. And look, we got robbed of, of seeing him last year play mm-hmm. in this defense. And it was still one of the best defenses in football without their man in the middle. Uh, you just have to hope that Bush can stay healthy this year uh, and maybe develop a little bit more of a playmaker edge to his game where he's getting interceptions. He's forcing fumbles, but as long as he keeps going sideline to sideline, making tackles, limiting big plays and uh, being maybe the biggest contributor, but one of the biggest contributors for sure for the Steelers defense stopping the run this year. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be huge to get Bush back. I and mean, we've we've talked about that so much. And again, it's all predicated on whether or not he stays healthy. And you made the point that he's got the potential to be a superstar in this league. But again, potential is a dirty word. I've said that before. Um but again, you know what, what what Devin Bush is, and we got robbed of seeing what he looked, what he would have looked like in his sophomore year, um, his sophomore season, I should say. But I mean, it's getting him back is going to be so key, and, and he might be the key to the defense, really. Um, I mean, I know you said you know he gets hurt last year, and then Bud goes down, and that really that really harmed the Steelers' defense. But I, I know you don't have Bud this year, but getting Bush back and, and the ability that he has to go sideline to sideline and the ability he has to, to slow the running game down. And I know maybe his, his, the guy next to him, maybe not the best guy in the world in Robert Spillane, but at the same time, Bush can make up for that. Bush can kind of cover um, Robert Spillane's deficiencies. He can kind of, you know, if Spillane can't do, you know, do it in coverage, which we all kind of don't think that Spillane can. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Bush is pretty decent in coverage and he's got the speed to stick with guys he might not, you know, shut down a, a slot wide receiver, but at least he's got the speed to stay with him. And if he makes the catch, okay, I can I can bring you down right now, whereas Spillane can't. So that's my point. You know, having Bush back this year might be just it might be the key to the defense because of the fact that he covers up for so much, um, and he he makes up for 
like I said, it's not just Spillane, but it's for the defense. If someone makes a mistake, Bush has the ability to be there and clean it up. And I think that's something, like we said, when you lost him last year, you just flat out didn't have that guy anymore. Yeah, and I, I reference this a lot. You didn't see the defense kind of crumble when Bud Dupree went down. It was really when Devin Bush went down that the run defense specifically kind of lost its its footing. Bud Dupree was a detrimental loss of this team because he was breaking out. He was on the verge of back-to-back breakout seasons for him, for his career. He was an incredible tandem paired along with T.J. Watt. But you look at the run defense, and you look at the numbers week by week, and the Steelers were allowing, I think, 60-some-odd yards per game through weeks one through five, and then the very next week when he goes down, it's or I think it's the game against Baltimore, of which he misses first, you look at that game, and they allow, what, 260-some yards in one game? Now it's Baltimore, and they have a dynamic rushing game. But if you're Pittsburgh and you're only allowing 60 yards per game, and Baltimore's only averaging something like 150 yards per game, there's no reason that you should be allowing 260 yards on offense from them on the ground. And week by week by week after that, it just got worse and worse and worse. They weren't allowing 260 yards like they did against Baltimore, but instead of averaging something close to that 60 of which they had done so up until that point it was now at around 110 120 very uncharacteristic like for that Steelers defense and I and I've said this time and time again I think the bigger loss last year to the defense was Devin Bush and not Bud Dupree yeah I agree with that I think Devin Bush just took a element of that defense and it dropped off a cliff like we said with that run defense so and it's the Kellen's point too it, it's it's there's a lack of depth at both but the lack of depth at the, at the inside linebacker position was far more having those guys out in the field was far more detrimental to the overall ability of the defense to stop the run than the lack of depth at the outside linebackers at the edge position He's also probably just one of the best athletes on the field whenever yeah. he steps onto the field. Uh, he is so fast from sideline to sideline. Uh, I guess the one thing I really want to see improved upon this season, other than just staying healthy, would be the um, – oh, man, I just – Devin Bush, sideline to sideline speed – Playmaking ability. Yeah, I want to see him force you. some turnovers more. Uh, you saw that in his rookie season. He had a couple of right. big splash. Remember plays. that one interception where I think it was against Baltimore. It was against yeah, Baltimore. It kind of wasn't three. an interception. Yeah. It wasn't. It hit the but, ground, but, but they called yeah. it an interception, so it counts. Yeah, I mean that's the total. that's the type of thing that he's able to do. He had the play against the Chargers too in L.A. Yeah, where he like faked everybody out and then picked the ball up picked and ran ball, with it. Ran it. Well, I don't think he faked it. No one else thought he to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. But I'd like to see a little bit more of that from him. Uh, again, people say he was off to a slow start as far as the playmaking was concerned, but he only played in five games before he got hurt. I mean, who knows? Maybe that game was the breakout game, and then a week later, if he was playing, he would have had like an interception or something or forced a fumble. Uh, but I think that Devin Bush is a guy that can become a star in the NFL for sure, and I think the Steelers need him to become that kind of a star, but... As long as he can stay healthy, with him and T.J. Watt, that linebacking core, even despite the fact that they're breaking in a rookie in Highsmith, 
and we don't know who the other guy's going to be. Vince Williams, probably, but maybe a chance mm-hmm. Robert Spillane takes that, that job. Either way, I think the tandem of Bush and Watt is going to elevate that unit to one of the best in football. Right. And, and you know, I know I, it definitely does. I mean, you have Bush who, uh, you know, I know what he's ranked. What was he? 15th, I think, on that list. 17th. 17th. I mean, right around midway, yeah. you know, on that list. But we all think that he's got the potential, obviously, to be a top 10 linebacker in this league, if not to flirt with it. I mean, that that's for sure. That's all predicated on if he stays healthy. But if you have that, and on top of that, you have the best edge guy. I mean, I know PFF had... Cleo Mack over TJ, but TJ Watt's the best edge guy in the league. There, there's no question about it. You pair that together, that linebacking group, I don't care. You know, I, I know I said that Spillane isn't that great, and he's not. But you you pair those two together, again, it washes away, you know, what the other guys can't do. And that's not a slight on Alex Highsmith. I think he's got a, a bunch of potential. Um, but, you know, you have those two. You have a, a top, you know, at least a top 15 at the very least. And on top of that, a, a number one type player at the edge position. Uh, you're in really good, sh- really good shape if you're the Steelers. You really are. And again, that wipes away what the other guys can't do is having those two top guys. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, going to take it into a little bit of a different lane. OTAs are happening all around the NFL. And that means you're getting your first look at the rookie quarterback draft class. I want to look at each rookie's potential chances to become the starter this year, who is standing in front of them and how they project to do this season, and if they will keep their job or if they will inevitably lose it to their team's first-round draft pick at quarterback. That's on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Steelers Standard. You can check out all of our episodes at Steelers.com. For Jacob Recht and Kalagurski, I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you next time.